I'll give a wave like this just to let you know that that joke is over. Okay. I misbehave on stage, but I'm better than when I wasn't sober. Okay, so uh, I've sobered up. There's still some blackouts. And, uh, I worked in hymens and survived tornadoes and trailers, but that don't mean I won't put in my two weeks later having a good time, baby. Having a good time, baby. We're having a real good time. We're having a good time, baby. Having a good time, baby. I'll tell you one more time. Oh, yeah. We're having a good time. Yeah. We're having a good time. All right. Welcome to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay. I'm your host. We got an exciting show. It's going to be such a great show. I'm hanging here, and uh, I've just uh, eaten a steak, and uh, later I'm going to have some watermelon and a cigar, and it's great. And Hannah is not going to be joining us this time. Uh, I have a special guest here with us, a uh, special guest, uh, and I'm going to read this just uh, so that we don't have to get into uh, so many things, but uh, uh, our guest is a native of West Virginia and a former teacher, began stand-up comedy in Atlanta, Georgia, and it says here during an open mic night. So that's how I began. Yeah. And uh, he, can all, he can be seen on tours with Larry the Cable Guy. And the two can be seen in the movie Witless Protection. He has a half hour special on Comedy Central. And also a dry bar special. Which I hear can be quite controversial. So <laughs> yeah. uh, let's give it up for the very funny Reno Collier. Welcome. Uh, thanks Dusty. Welcome. Thank you. I brought I, you up like I brought you up on stage. I loved it. Yeah. I gotta tell you dude. You said you just fool around cooking. That steak was off the chart good. Well, I appreciate that. And so were the potato cakes. Well, you know, I get on TikTok sometimes, and TikTok is a mess. There's a lot of stuff on there, but every once in a while, there'll be people cooking steaks. Yeah. And I watched a guy do that, just salt, pepper, olive oil. Yeah. On the grill, two to three minutes one side, two to three minutes the other side, and then just kind of let it set not on direct heat. Yep. And it was good. It was delicious. It It was freaking great. And the best thing is when you let it rest, because if you cut it to it right away, all the juices come out. Yeah. So letting it sit out like that, man, that was so good. Especially for lunch. Yeah. Like lunch is normally, you know, donut. Well, I appreciate you coming. You know what? I hate a donut lunch. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I feel like we got it all backwards, right? Everybody kind of eats a light lunch and then we do a heavy dinner. Yeah. I feel like we do the heavy lunch. Nap at work. And Nap, then, a little siesta and you're back. To, yeah. Yeah. When I used to work, I would go to, um, uh, when I used to sell pesticides, I would go to CC's Pizza sometimes. Oh, yeah. And I would just crush it. And I would go back to work and I would feel so sick. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like five ninety nine, and yeah. you just eat as much as. I used to go to Ryan's Steakhouse. Oh, yeah. Like when I was on the road. Because I, especially when you start out, you don't have any money. And you pay like the six, seven bucks for lunch. And I would sit there for like an hour just devouring. And that way I could get a vegetable here and there, like yeah. some corn or green beans instead of just Taco Bell, Taco Bell, ta- you know, like the. Oh, yeah. And just eat until you're sick, like a horse, and then mutter back out on the road. Yeah. It's, I used to do, I used to do a lot of buffets. And you yeah. just. You feel gross. Like, I love it, but I would eat so much. I had a Chinese buffet that I would do. Oh, oh yeah. man. It was, I had it in Somerville, South Carolina. I used to go to a barbecue buffet. They would have all-you-could-eat ribs. Oh, God. And it's yeah. like, you feel like you got to eat them just because you're like, who knows when you'll see a deal like this again. Yeah. 
at any price, all-you-can-eat ribs is good. If it wasn't for Chinese buffets and Ryan Steakhouse, I probably wouldn't have had a vegetable the first five years I was on the road. Oh, yeah. Because beef and broccoli are in... There's little pieces of broccoli and everything. And then they had the bananas with the red sauce. I don't know what that is. But it's always in a Chinese buffet. I saw a guy in a Lowe's break room, a real muscular guy who worked at the store, crushing everybody's dreams in there about talking about, well, I try to eat healthy when I go to the Chinese restaurant. I try to eat broccoli and stuff like He goes, you can't eat healthy in a Chinese restaurant. That's what he said, and he crushed everybody's dream. I don't know if he was right, but. The oil. I don't know how we got on food, but like the the oil and stuff that they use and the MSG to keep it from turning colors and going bad and all that stuff is supposed to be really bad. My dad for a while sold these cleaning supply things and Chinese restaurants. He, he, every restaurant he'd go into, he'd spray this stuff and it would just eat away whatever they had. And he said he'd go into a Chinese restaurant and try to show them how well it worked and he'd spray it on something and nothing moved. Like oh. whatever they use really cheap oil to get real hot stir fry and stuff like that you can't get it off wow so I, I don't know what that does to your intestines but the taste delicious well i haven't eaten it in a long time but yeah. you know what my dad even during this pandemic tried to get me to go wanted to know if i wanted to go to a chinese buffet the other day in alabama i was like i don't think so yeah i was like i don't know if now's the time <laughs> right well the buffet i guess people sneezing on it or whatever and i saw a, a video going around on twitter of a guy in a whole foods who had the soup ladle yeah. And was tasting it, right? And then put it back in the... Yeah. Like, I'm not a germaphobe at all, but that's gross. That's an ass. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> There's a line you can cross where it... Ugh. Yeah. Well, I'm pumped that you're here. We, some people on Twitter, I forget who it was now. I should have saved their name, but they, they thought we should do a podcast together. Yeah. I saw the same thing. Yeah. And, and I, I was said, like, absolutely. I said, that's a great idea. You live in Murfreesboro. I just bought some land out that way. Yeah. So... It's exciting. McMinnville, it's, yeah. It's pretty out there, man. Yeah, it's got a creek on it. It's got a little mountainside, got a little creek, and a spring that comes out of the mountain into the creek. Beautiful. I mean, I'm all set. If things yeah. go down, I'm moving out there. I got my own water supply. I'm going to be eating birds and raccoons and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> birds and raccoons. <laughs> yeah. I Ugh. mean, there's a deer. There's a couple of deer. I want to learn to bow hunt. I've never been a bow hunter. I'd like to learn that. There's some something feels manly about the bow hunt. Yeah. Well, you because it's it it feels more natural almost. Yeah. Like it, you need a horse. You need to like a the old school like oh, in yeah. cowboys and Indians movies where you're riding on the horse and you just draw back and Phyah! oh yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then I guess you can't make the noise anymore. Or yeah. You get in trouble, but I may need more than nine acres too to run a deer down. I don't know, dude. I bet you could. Yeah. Maybe. I'm into it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I've, I've never been, I've been hunting a ton, but anything that takes extra time to learn how to do, I wouldn't, like I've been hunting with guns, but then it's like, oh, learn how to shoot a bow. It's like going skiing and someone's like, well, you should learn to snowboard. No, yeah. I don't want to. Well, you know, I like to say if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right unless it's too hard and then I'll rig it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I learned that one time I was going to paint this room, and it had all these windows. And I was like, I'm going to get the tape. I'm going to tape up all these windows, and I'm going to make sure this is done right. And I taped up one window, and I was like, that's too hard. Yeah. I was like, I'm just not going to paint the window. I'm, gonna, I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to be careful, you know what I mean? Out, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to take my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I can't do it. I don't have time for all that. And then, and then I've done stuff like that, taped up a doorway, and then pulled the tape off, and it ripped paint off. Yeah. I'm like, well, what, what are we doing here? When I first moved, I've, I'm one of those guys who says I can do anything, and <laughs> yeah. get halfway through it, and it just <laughs> sucks. So when my ex-wife and I uh, first moved to Murfreesboro, we sold this little condo in LA that was 800 square feet and you love you hate moving to LA but you love selling something and moving out yeah so we ended up being able to get from this 800 square foot we got like 3,000 square foot for less money and I'm like I'm doing all the work on the inside so the kitchen was full of this like horrific wallpaper that was like pink and light green and these flowers and everything and I'm like I got it. I'm just gonna rip all this down and I'll paint it she's like we need to pay somebody I'm like we're not paying anybody so I start ripping the, the, all this stuff off. Well, what had happened was they didn't put any primer down. So they just glued the wallpaper directly to the drywall. So I'm ripping off huge chunks of the, oh, on the outside oh, of the drywall. Yeah. And it's all jacked up. And there's all these like curves and weird marks. And then I got pissed off. And I was drinking back then. And then I was just like, I tried it. I got rented a steamer. I got that bear claw thing with the gel. I mean, I tried and I couldn't get it. So finally, I just start ripping this stuff off. So I'm like, I got to paint it, you know, and it was all jacked up looking. So I put a bunch of primer down. I painted it like three different coats. And she's like, you idiot. Like, this looks terrible. <laughs> well, she hired this, she hired this decorator to come in to put in some blinds. And the guy walks in and he sees the wall and he, and it, it had been primered and painted over and there were grooves and everything in it. And he's like, this is amazing. You don't see this in Murfreesboro. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, this Italian style it's like a sicilian outdoor kind of feeling of texture and this is beautiful and i'm like yeah you're damn right <laughs> come in here and listen to this dude yeah yeah and it was so jack i even put up pictures of like wine and like grapes and stuff so then if anybody else saw it i'm like nah man it's italian Oh, it yeah. goes right along with <laughs> right. the Amalfi Coast. You don't, you don't get yeah. this. You don't get it because you don't understand. Yeah, Europe. suddenly you got one of those. Oh, I don't know. That's French. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to say one of those little hats. But a beret? I apparently, I don't know anything about Italian culture. But I don't uh, either. Yeah, I mean, well, I we did. I did the same thing. I, I was in an apartment and we had hung up these little hat racks. It was supposed to just be little sticky things, and as I was ripping them off, it was pulling the sheetrock off. <laughs> yeah. And I was just renting, and we were trying to get out of our lease, so I was trying to do the right thing and paint. And yeah, I had to paint. I put a lot of coats on there. Yeah. I was like, I was putting that plaster like to fill in like little nail holes. I was like toothpaste. Putting, yeah, I was putting like a lot. Yeah. It looked good. Yeah. It looked good. It looked Italian. It looked know? Italian. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, this is great. I love, I mean, I am that way too. I don't like to admit it, but I, I like to fix things. And then like that bird thing I showed you out back, I, this thing I built for birdhouses. Uh, That's cool. It's fun, but I, I real like once we got, yeah, I got it cemented in the ground. I realized that the wood I used was too thin. I needed a thicker post. Yeah. So it's like wobbly. So I had to like put all these different, and it, in the summertime, the vine was coming up over and you couldn't really see it at all. Yeah. I was trying to make like this nice trellis thing, but it's real flimsy. Birds won't live in it. I had a bird living in there for a while, but then I found a dead bird inside of it. So I'm like, <laughs> what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> I said it was like a birdhouse trailer park, you know, because it's three right next to each other. Yeah. And then I, there was a dead bird in there. So I'm like, what this kind of didn't make it? Yeah. Meth explosion. Um, yeah. Something happened. Yeah. Something happened to him. I had the best birds. Yeah. But so I got some questions here. Yeah, man. 
And because I, I do, you know, I do comedy. And uh, people that listen uh, to my podcast, I think, like to hear me talk about comedy. And there's not been a lot of comedy to talk about right. lately. So this is great. So I thought, you know, I've done a 10-part series on how to become a comic where I talked about from, from getting off your couch to being a full-time comic in 10 episodes. Oh, and cool. I, and I think it was good. I think it was helpful to a lot of people. So I thought, you know, some of these questions could probably be help to people. And some of the questions uh, will just be fun for me. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about um, uh, a condo. This is, I, I don't think it matters if we say their names, but I, I like them. But this was a condo that I stayed at once before, and I know you've stayed there in yes. the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Uh, Kill Devil Hills is what I think the town yes. is called. Yes. And you stayed in this condo. I did. I did. And the picture that they send you where it's like, we're right on the water. And and you you technically there is water. Uh, it looks like it's oceanfront, but it's actually a little ravine or whatever they call it. That, like an inlet. An inlet that yeah. comes in. And it's, you see nothing but water. And then this, and I think the, the picture may have been taken a long time ago. And there was some tilting going on with the lens because it, it appeared that you were in this uh, yeah. resort type place. And, and maybe at one time it was. The itinerary I got said that we would be staying at our house. And I thought, you know, our house is probably a name of some local uh, hotel place. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's called our house. Yeah. Local chain out in the Outer Banks, and you get there, and it's it's our house. It's the people that it's run the club. <laughs> our house. <laughs> yeah, I called, and they were like, "Yeah, you'll be staying at our house." Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I saw the house, and I thought my wife and I were going to be staying it, so I brought her <laughs> with me. I didn't know that the couple and their dogs and everybody was in the house. And then it's like they stayed upstairs. In a loft, a in very a loft thin floored with loft. almost nothing but like subflooring. So the dogs are like. I mean, all freaking night long. And the dogs came down. We left to go to the beach because I'm like, we, we got to get out of it. You know I mean? We can't. And they were super nice. Like, I don't want to. It's just whatever. So we leave and come back. And my wife is like. She's like, I need to ask you something. She goes, do you think these people are perverts? And I'm like, why? She's like, all my underwear is gone. Oh. And I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, I hope. I mean, then you start having thoughts of Dateline. Like, oh, sh you know, we got drug into this place. And they're eating. The well, the dogs were eating her underwear. Like, they, because they could have had free roam of the house. And they got in the room and went through her stuff and ate her underwear. And so I found the dogs and the underwear. They were hiding it and chewing on it and all this stuff. So she didn't have any underwear for the rest of the week. If you if you want to do, have fun with your wife and really get to know her, show her a picture of this beautiful waterfront home that you're going to be staying in with kayaks. And there was all sort of outdoor things on the picture of what we'd be doing. Yeah. Drive what looks like North Carolina is not that far. But by the time you get out there of taking all these small roads, it's about 13 hours in the car i wasn't thinking it through and you can't fly in there although air air travel just flying in general started in this place but there's no airport kitty hawk you're wow. in kitty hawk but they don't have an airport drive 13 hours get to the house knock at the door find out that the couple's staying there with all the dogs then have the dogs eat all your underwear 
have no underwear for the rest of the week with sand ass from going to the beach and coming back and not being able to take a shower whenever you want because there's no hot water. That drive home of 13 hours, I got to tell you, might have been the longest ride I've had. But there is, there's a silver lining. Here's what was really freaking crazy. So you remember the club was out in that hotel? Yes. Right? So I had just quit drinking when I, when I went out there. And I was still kind of nervous like you know what am I going to be funny am I going to be you know what's it going to but I was like I got to do this you know I'm 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 not drinking ever again and I was going to get help I mean I was doing all kinds of stuff we're driving back from the club to go back to their house and you know how those roads are kind of curvy and dark or whatever when you you pass that little restaurant you go back into yes. the neighborhood I turn and I still have a picture of this on my phone I turn around the corner and there are cops with a roadblock and I slam on my brakes and I jerk my truck onto the side of the road and I start pulling around. My wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, did you? And she's like, you don't drink anymore, baby. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. So like the cops, they see what I do and they're waving at me like, get your ass over here. I drive over and I pull up and I went through the grass and gravel and I make a mess. And I go pulling up and the guy's like, sir, have you been drinking? I go, no, I haven't been drinking. I quit drinking like three months ago. Here's my A book. Da, 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 da. And I go, but listen, have you arrested? Like, who do you have in there? What's been going on? Like, if you, and he's like, just go. Just yeah. go. I'm, like, I'm like, no, I want to see. Like, I want to see what happened. I'm a, so my wife snaps a picture and you just see these blue lights on the side and me like, blah, 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 just babbling <laughs> like a moron to this guy. Oh, it's such a nice relief to be like, oh, I'm not breaking the law right now. Yeah, but I was so used to <laughs> yeah. cops go. You know what I mean? Like, And it scared the hell out of her because, you know, she saw the cops sitting there. She knew, she was remembering that I wasn't drinking, and I just slammed the brakes on and jerked the truck over. I mean, like I was doing a U-turn through the side of the gravel and went into the grass and there were trees. <laughs> It was so stupid. She's like, what are you doing? I, wow. I forgot I quit drinking. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love the instinct to do it. You know, I've done that. I've, 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 you know, saw the cops. I, one time I, 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 I was going the wrong way down a one way drunk, yeah. met the cops. We went around each other. <laughs> I pulled over to the next road, got out, took the keys out, started walking very calmly. Yeah. I walked down a little bit and then turned around and came back. And as I was walking around the corner, the cop was sitting there looking at the car with his light on, shining it on the car. Yeah. And I just walked right on by. Just pe It was and great. That, it's, it's like a, that instinct. If you've done, I got in trouble for all. I remember one time, and can I just talk? Yeah. You, you don't care, do you? No, I don't care. So I was in Wilmington, North Carolina one time, and I was just hammered drunk and somehow I had lost my friends and I ended up talking to this girl who like worked at Hooters or whatever and then her other friend was with her and she was dating this marine guy whatever so we're wasted and we're walking back through Wrightsville Beach and we're leaving this place called the Red Dog and on the side of the street are like there's people's porches and there's rocking chairs and stuff on them so I come up with this idea that we're going to take these rocking chairs off the porch and then go down and sit on them by the beach, right? So I'm walking down the middle of the street. There's no cars. I'm balancing the chair on my head, and this girl's behind me trying to do it, and this guy and this other girl, and we're like, I think we're redoing the Beatles or whatever, walking across the street, and I'm like going, dun, 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 dun. this cop 
the people had seen us taking the chairs off, called the police. This cop comes flying around the corner, whips it around, comes up, and I'm like, run. So I take the chair, and I throw the chair, and I take off running. And me and this dude in the Marines book, right? Well, he runs to the left, and I run across this person's uh, in between these houses, and I see a fence, and I jump over the fence. I was on top of a deck. So I fell like a story and a half oh, down into the bushes and rocks and the beach and everything. And one of my shoes came off and I'm like, I'm <laughs> bleeding. I'm like dragging myself and the cops just standing on the thing with a flashlight on me. And I'm like, he ran that way. He ran that way. And the guy's like, you get up here. Like he, he was like looking at me like, you're so stupid that like, I'm not even going to walk down there. Just drag your, so I come back up. I walk up with the cops. Those two chicks were just standing there holding the chairs like, what's going on? And they're like, you can get in the car, too. You guys are all. So I had to wash cop cars for like two days. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) You know? It was so Nothing like jumping and hurting yourself and still getting caught. And and it looked, it was dark and there was a fence. And I was like, this is going to be badass. I'm just going to like. Duke's a hazard flop over the top, you know, put my plant my hands and jump over. Well, your body starts to tilt after you start to fall. Like, I mean, you would have landed on your feet, but everything goes forward as you're going down. And I just went face arms first into these bushes and rocks. Uh. And it was uh, Officer Parrot was the guy's name because I remember it being in the back of the car. And he, you know, like, <laughs> Officer Parrot, I'm like, do people always mess with you? Like, you say something, they're like, caw, caw, and say it again. And he's like, seriously, man, just shut up. Yeah. You it's know? like you're already arrested. You're already stupid. I mean, not only that, like, I, he, you know, when somebody looks at you and they have a look on their face of like kind of disappointment, but they don't even know you. Yeah. You know, like kind of like a. Uh, I've seen that a few times. Have we gotten to this? Like, <laughs> yeah. this is what I'm spending my night with you, bleeding in the back of my car, making parrot jokes after you just jumped off a deck. You know, I love that the girls when you were like run, they're like still hanging. Didn't run. Didn't even throw the chairs. <laughs> just standing in the street, and the marine guy got away. I wow. never saw him again. Yeah. He knew what to do. He was smart. He's like, I can run for days. Yeah, and he's probably like, they're going to spend the next half hour trying to drag this guy out of the, <laughs> the bottom of the the backyard, and he's probably watching it. Like, yeah. Were you doing a club there? No. Okay. I was on vacation. All right. Yeah. He, was that guy from Wilmington? He was stationed there. Oh, so he knew how to get away. He knew how to get away. Plus, I mean, I... <laughs> He probably looked at me and was like, they're going to catch the slow one. Yeah, it's like the old bear joke. I don't right. have to run away from the bear, I should, whatever the joke is. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. I have to outrun the other guy, not That's the right. bear. That's right, not yes. the bear, yeah. Okay, so now what about another comedy condo? What's I, I'll tell you a comedy condo that uh, was is the weirdest to me. I don't know if you've ever done Kazi's Comedy Club in Newport News, Virginia. No, okay. I haven't. Is it rough? Well, the uh, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but you know, it's shared. It's very nice people. They're all nice people. Wait a minute, is this the same? Are they connected to the club that's in Richmond, Virginia? I don't think so. Is it a woman? Oh, Richmond and Newport News are really close yeah. to each other. Yes. Is it? Um. Oh, what's her name? Lorraine is her name. Maybe I did a long time ago, Dusty. I've been doing this a long twenty yeah. some years. Maybe I did. Well, I'll just tell you. I'll give you a brief thing. But the the uh, the club owner, I think I think it's uh, the club manager. It's her mom, 
uh, who lives in the comedy condo. She lives downstairs, and she got older, and she can't go upstairs anymore. So she sleeps downstairs in a recliner, and then the comics stay upstairs in the two bedrooms. Yeah. And it's just like, when I was there, everything, like it was a VHS tape player in there. Uh, I mean, this is just a couple of years ago. There was, oh uh, wow, <laughs> you know, old school tube TV, no internet. Yeah. It just, everything feels dated. Like the, the lady never goes upstairs. Like somebody comes and cleans it, but that's a weird <laughs> one. And so, but you know, especially since you've been doing it a lot longer, I'm sure there's some weirder comedy condos out there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. There was one. This wasn't a a bad one. The house was nice, and it may even still be there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh yeah. There used to be a run. It was like Tulsa, Austin. They had like three clubs. Looney bins. No. Oh okay. Um, they were. Uh, God, what were they called? It was the Cap City. Was one. And then in Austin. Yeah. And then there was a there were three of them at the time. This has probably been. 17 years ago 18 years ago so you stay in this house that was brand new at the time and this dude randy who was married to, the people that owned la quinta inn or something owned these things they gave them to like their daughter or something and randy was married to her and randy's since passed away but randy loved to get drunk and fight like at the club he ran the club but he would take his teeth out and just come oh, on yeah. man come <laughs> on you know like somebody would talk and he'd be like you gotta shut up and they're like you don't tell me what to like, what? and it was just oh, yeah. randy and you'd be on stage like oh god here it comes you know what i mean yeah so the what they had was in the when the guy bought the house and it was in his neighborhood like randy lived like five doors down but what they did is they were like, every comic who stays here, you decorate it yourself. He didn't want to buy decorations. So people would go and get like a painted Velvis, Elvis, uh, Velvet Elvis, and that was hanging up. And there was like all this stuff that people got like at flea markets or whatever to decorate. Yeah. Or hang up. So I was going like, it was the last night we were there and we'd been drinking, you know, during the shows or whatever. And Randy's like, you got to make sure you put something in the, in the house from that's indigenous to the area i'm like okay so i'm driving back and i was with a couple other people from the club or whatever and it was pouring down rain and there was this humongous like for sale thing out in front of the development that had like two four by four posts and this giant sign so i was like i'm gonna put that in the house right <laughs> so it's pouring down rain i get out of my car and i just take off running and i'm just diving into this thing trying to knock it over I finally get it knocked over and there's like mud and the thing was down like, you know, a foot and a half into the ground and I get it all knocked over and I thought it'd be funny for someone to come in and then be like, hey, somebody broke this sign and then leave it in the house. So whoever came in next, Randy'd go, you know, <laughs> I don't know why I thought this was so hilarious. But Dr drinking. No, oh, drinking. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was, that was tequila times, yeah. you know, where it was cuervo every night drinking puts you in a weird reality where there are no regrets and you're like i don't understand why anyone wouldn't find this funny yeah how could somebody who bought this house for comics to stay in which was really nice not think all right so anyway and if they don't find it funny there's some kind of loser then you're a moron yeah yeah, yeah, what are yeah. You, stupid <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so i shoved this thing in the house well that week when i was working at this club a guy um harry basil do you know Harry Basil? I don't know. He him. runs the um, Laugh Factory in Tahoe 
and Vegas. Okay. All right. He was a comedian. So he was staying with me in this house. And every night I would be up till three o'clock in the morning. And he's like, dude, please, tonight, don't bring people back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was the feature actor. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And every night I just, like, 10 people, blah, music and everything. And he'd stick his head out. He's like, dude, please. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, and he's like, it's not okay. I need to get some sleep. I'm like, blah, you know, all night, blah, blah. Yeah. So last night I shoved that thing in there and he comes out and he's like, dude, I don't know what is wrong with you, <laughs> but like this, this is, this is horrific. You should never be working on the road. No one should ever hire you. I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know? So I move out to LA and I get a call to go in on this audition for a Rodney Dangerfield movie. How, how long after this were you moving to LA? Uh, I moved sooner, but this audition was probably three years after this date. After happened. the incident with the sign. After the incident okay. with the sign. So I get called in to go in this movie, to read for this movie, and it's for producers, and they're like, you know, you're going right. Rodney's not going to be there, but this is, you know, and Harlan Williams was in it. There's a bunch of people. It was going to be really cool. And I was like, oh, man, and I was a prisoner. There were like six of us or something. He was in jail or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm all excited, and I have my lines, and I go in, and I'm looking at the dude. I'm like, man, I know you. And he's like, oh, yeah, you do. Harry Basil. I go, oh. He goes, I'm the executive producer. I wrote this movie. I'm like, how do I know you? And he's like, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Remember you stuck the real estate sign? And I go, I'm not getting this, am I? He's like, it doesn't look good. <laughs> and then we both start laughing. He goes, I'm not going to hold it against you, jackass. He's like, I just could not get through. I just wanted you to shut your mouth. I didn't get it. But he yeah. was totally cool about it. And I've seen yeah. him since out in Vegas. And we always bring it up and start laughing. Like, you remember you shoved that stuff in that place and you kept me up all night? And I was like, is that why I didn't get the party? He's like, no, you couldn't act. <laughs> yeah. So, well, well uh, what about Randy? What did Randy think about the sign? I don't know, because I left. Like, I stuck it in there for Randy. Randy's since passed away. Um, but how, how... Nobody ever said anything. Did you get booked there again? I guess not. Mm -hmm. You did get booked there yeah. again. So either they didn't know it was me. Honestly, I, I never talked to... Randy would have thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just me and Randy. Okay. Nobody else would have liked... And Harry Basil clearly did not think it was funny. I think he loved it in the end. Harry Basil at the time didn't like it, but... yeah. I mean, what what good is a story if it goes, yeah, and then everything went perfect? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what I used to do all the time. I used to just get drunk and come back to my apartment in Charleston and be so loud, and my roommate would have to get up. And, like, I would be out there with my improv friends, and we'd be drinking, playing the guitar, and then my yeah. roommate gets up. She's like, can you? And it's like, she's got to go to work the next day, and we're just living life like there is no tomorrow. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a, a roommate, she, she messaged me recently and reminded me about this. She said, I came up one time and she was like shaving her legs or, or waxing her legs. And I was like, I got some people coming over if you want to clean yourself up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know if people do that anymore. Like for one, a lot of comedy clubs now are like working at Applebee's. Like there's you know, hey, we've got our, let's have some fun, and we're a team, and, yeah. da -da 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 -da. and it didn't used to be like that. Like, it used to be they owned, like, one club, and you'd go there once a year, and, you know, the punchline in Atlanta where I started, 
man, the stuff we did in that place and the stuff the comics did and the, uh, oh, I mean, I, I like, I still cringe at a lot of that, but it's not like that anymore. Not in, not in places I go. Well, I'm going to hit, I got a little button here. It's going to play a sound. And I, this reminds me what you just said. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. I'd like to play that to let people know where I've been. I haven't been anywhere, but I'm going to the punchline in Atlanta, Georgia this weekend. Oh, awesome. Yes. Heck yeah. Dude, you're going to love it's It's in a different place yeah, than it was. I've been, there, I've been there a few times. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I did the old punchline one time as a feature, and then I've been to this new one several times. Yeah. So I'm excited to go. Yeah, man. I it's It still has the same feeling. I, when I was talking about the punchline, it was 25 years ago in Sandy Springs. And this, did you ever do that one? I did it one time as a feature. So that place used to be packed every single night. Like it was comedy was just different in 1996. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but they've really, when they moved it to Buckhead where it is now, it still has such a fun vibe to it. I love, and the people that own it, Jamie Bendel and Krista Petter are great. And you know, it's, it's fun, man. You'll love it. Yeah, the we my friend that's going to feature for me, Evan Burke. He, me, and him did. Uh, he's from Atlanta, and we did his. Um, I don't know what you call it, uh, a synagogue, or a, I don't know what uh, Jewish people call their churches right now, but temple. Temple. And he had his. Um, this was way back. His uh, temple wanted to do a comedy night, so they had hired Jerry Farber. Oh my God! Yeah. And then me and Evan. So me and Evan opened for Jerry Farber and Jerry Farber really liked us. So he was like, I want you to come do my club. So we went and did Jerry Farber's side door several times. Yeah. And that was where the punchline is now. Really? Yeah. They just remodeled. They, they tore down a wall and then expanded Jerry Farber's side door. So he used to be, if you go to the punchline, that back, the back door that goes up the side, that side ramp. That yeah. was how you got into Jerry Farber. Uh, Jerry's a sweet guy, yeah. man. Well, so me and Evan used to do shows there. That was probably the first club we ever did. And now we're going to get to do this at the uh, the Punchline. Oh, so nice, that's pretty fun. Man. Yeah, I mean, Jerry um, would always, we did a couple of shows there. And he would always close it out no matter what. We would be like, we got it. We got the whole show, Jerry. We got a host. We got, uh, you know, we got the feature, we got the headliner, we got the whole thing. And he would come on at the beginning and start the show, and then he would come on at the end and close it, no matter what. Yeah. And then he would bring that guy up with the monkey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I sat there. Jerry used to do like once a month. He'd do his own night at the punchline, and I worked the door. I worked in the kitchen. I bartended. I did everything right, and it was it was so fun back then, you know. But I I remember, you know, and and people would come to see. They were like his friends. Yeah. Like I mean, literally, they were like they just loved Jerry, and yeah, you you couldn't help it, you know. But his jokes, he, he like. You know, he's like, I remember I was taking a pee with Dooley, and he had the teeth, you know, and the, all that. And he was like, yeah, and he goes, uh, we went to the bathroom, and he goes, Dooley said, you know, aren't you going to wash your hands? And he goes, well, here in Georgia, we don't pee in our hands. 
or something. <laughs> yeah, something yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where's the monkey? Uh, I mean, Jerry, the first time I saw him at the temple, I was very new to comedy. They yeah. got, he blew my mind. I was like, wow, this guy is the best. Yeah. And then I saw him and he was really funny. Yeah. But then I great. saw him the next time and he did the exact same jokes. And I was like, oh, that's why he's got these down. Yeah. I mean, he's got it down, but he would put the hat on backwards and he'd, he would say, this is a Georgia fan. And it was great. I yeah. mean, I, I grew up in Alabama, so it's like you could easily just make it an Alabama fan or Mississippi State fan. It doesn't matter. And the crowds love him. <laughs> yeah. He's so yeah. likable anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. Yeah, he really worked it. So I'm excited to go there. My understanding is the audience has to wear a mask, which I'm – that could be weird. So if you want me to tell I just got back – off the road and they were some people don't take them off like i was in kansas city week before last and some people come in and they don't take them off some people take them off at their table yeah are they having them wear them the entire show i feel like the website says they have to wear them the entire show it's gonna be weird yeah because i and i went out in mid-may and i did show i did two two weekends in may two weekends in june before getting shut down again yeah and uh, yeah, I mean, a few people had them on. Most people didn't. Yeah, I went to Texas in mid-May, and those people were not caring at all. Yeah. Every joke I had about the coronavirus was a hit. Yeah. I was like, I've wrote a whole new hour. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, 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 like I was in Toledo just the other night, and people wear them in, take them off, but they're, but dude, they're so starving for oh, entertainment. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, they're hot crowds because they've been locked up in their house too losing it toledo is wild too yeah i mean they they just i mean i love going there i love the people that run that club me too Uh, nadia yes freaking awesome and i can't remember the guy's name the manager um he's one of the managers younger guy hispanic guy oh i don't know if i saw him the sound guy is really cool i i i love that club and i'd never been to that club yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been there a couple time. of times. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I mean, I did fun. Laughs Inc. in Toledo. It was it was more in Toledo, not Perrysburg. Yeah. They said a guy like got shot in the parking lot, and yeah. I was op- featuring for Shane Moss, and the crowd was so rowdy that Shane finally asked a, for a, a table to be kicked out, and so the bouncer kicked him out, but the bouncer was nowhere to be found, and was just so it was this real awkward moment from when Shane said, I want these people kicked out to when he finally came. Right. And then the guy kicked him out. And then the guy made friend, the bouncer made friends with the people that he kicked out in the parking lot. And then he's mad at Shane. <laughs> so when Shane gets off stage, he kicks Shane out of the club. <laughs> what kind of club is it? I don't know. It's shut down <laughs> surprisingly, yeah. but, uh, good God. I know they shut. Yeah. He kicked him out. He was, oh, don't you go ahead and just get out of the club. And Shane, I told Shane in the, the, the condo, I was like, I was talking to him about it. And he's like, Oh, that was the bouncer. He's like, I thought that was the owner of the club. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't he show up? The bouncer kicked him out last night. <laughs> told him not to go back. Yeah. I mean, I was, Oh like, my gosh. So that's wild. So, all right. So here's here's a uh, here's another question. I know they used to teach mm-hmm. uh, PE. Is that yes. right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. So what 
made you like this is would be for people that are maybe thinking about going full-time comedy what what is it like like your your teaching school and then you're like i'm gonna go full-time comedy like what made you take that leap what's weird is i didn't even mean to start teaching school like i moved to atlanta uh right after college like from the school moved right to atlanta and i got a job at the punchline okay so when um I was working at the punchline and I had my parents for graduation. I don't want to bag anybody, but my parents for graduation got me a, a thing to a comedy class in, okay. a, in Atlanta. Yeah. So I get there, but then I get a job at the punchline working at night. And I start to see that being a comedian and trying to be funny at your office are two different things. Cause I was 100%. hanging out, I was hanging out with real comedians at night. And then I was hanging out at this thing. So like I even stopped going to the classes. Well, my mom, I hadn't been for like five weeks. And my mom calls me and is like, honey, I'm surprising you. I'm flying in for your comedy graduation. And I was like, because they spent like $400 on it, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. She goes, you have to pick me up at the airport tomorrow because your graduation's tomorrow night. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. This is going to be awesome. And I get on the phone. I'm like, oh, my God. And I call the guy and I go, hey, dude, you got to put me up on that thing. And he's like, no way. He's like, you went came to like two classes. I'm like, all right, then give me my money back. And he goes, you're going up seventh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so when I was when I was working there, I went into a school. There was a, a thing in the paper. That was like, uh, we're looking for part-time PE thing. It was a private school in Atlanta, right down the street. So I went in and the PE teacher had just been fired, like right before summer school. And they were like, what do you think about teaching during summer school PE? And I'm like, well, I was a history major, but I played baseball in college. They're like, good, you got it. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? So well, then, that's what you need to coach PE is to be a history. I mean, every history teacher I ever had was also a coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was great because I'd only, I'd go in and teach like three hours a day during the summer. And then, but it was an international school. So a lot of the kids, English was a second language. And they went through standardized testing. These are like really smart kids. And I'm like. I'm start telling them about, you know, what we're going to do for the day. And they're trying to write down notes. And I'm like, dude, pick up that ball and hit him in the head with it. And they're like, I can't do that. I'm like, yes, you like I had to get them to. And then there was a language barrier because they teach like English and then Spanish and then English history. And then they would take Spanish history. Or if you were Japanese, it would be the same or Russian or it was a crazy setup. So a lot of the kids had a hard time understanding you know what I was saying and there's only so many there was a movie rental place across the street I we'd watch sports movies and that would because I was hung over half the day you know yeah. like it was and then it was so hot in Atlanta in the summer you can't have those kids out all day you know so I did that and then the next for a year I did that I ran an after school PE program because they didn't have it as an actual class and their parents would yeah and then I just quit. I was so stupid. I had like three weeks booked, making like 150 bucks a week, like Ocala, Florida, Savannah, Sing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a comedian. And my lease was up, so I just ditched my apartment, quit my job, and I lived out of my car for like four years. Wow. Yeah. Just completely trying to book every single week. And then I'd crash on friends' couches who lived in different places or, you know. Wow, four years you did that. 
Yeah. So you weren't a teacher for a long time. No, only a year. And so you were what, 20, 23? 24, yeah. yeah. Out of college, college degree, yeah. living in your car, yeah. doing comedy. Yeah. Well, my mom had said to me, she goes, because I'd get fired constantly, you know, and my mom goes, honey, she goes, I want you, and I, I wouldn't normally wouldn't have imagined I'd be saying this to my son, but she goes, I want you to find whatever your favorite thing in the world is to do, your favorite thing, and then figure out a way to make money at that. And I took her literally, like I was like, I love telling stories to my friends. What were you getting fired for? Um, not showing up, uh, drinking. I it was a sport to get fired. Okay. For me, like I, because I have had a lot of jobs, yeah, and I love a two week notice, mm-hmm. uh, and I've never been fired, and I also was an alcoholic for a long time. Yeah, well, see, those two things played. In. I always worked at bars, and if there was alcohol there, I was gonna get fired. Okay, like it was not from stealing or anything, but I, you know, you're drinking, I'm drinking. Maybe you're like, are you like me? Like I get real mouthy, and I just say anything. Like I, I definitely, um, uh, I, I mean, like, like the situation with the cop, I might not have ran and jumped over the fence. I probably would have stayed and tried to explain myself. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I would be wasted. But I would, I would be like, listen, you know, I, you know, I live around here, and, you know, and I would just say something. I would always fess up to everything. I fess up to crimes quick. Yeah. I get pulled over. The cops like, you know, I pulled you over because you were speeding. I was like, yes, sir, and I'm sorry about that. You know what? That works better than when the police officer comes up to your car. I've gotten out of a couple tickets. I don't drive that fast, but so over the past since I've turned 40, I mean, the past eight years, nine years, when I get pulled over, I go, officer, I was speeding. I put my, cross my hands on the, uh, on the steering wheel. I'm like, officer, I was speeding. I looked down. I saw you. You got me. You can just write me the ticket. I know you have a lot to do. So no argument here. Two times, just go. Wow. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think because people automatically either start yelling at them like a moron or make up some crazy excuse. You know that they, oh, yeah. they're, they're walking up waiting, and if you just sit there and go, I did it, that is shocking to them. Oh, yeah. You know, telling a lie and making up a story, they hear that every time they get pulled over, but actually stunning them. My mom said to me one time, she goes, you, because I was like, everybody plays games, and she goes, you play a game, but your game is not having a game. And I was like, well, that's interesting, but it's like, if, if everybody's doing one thing, you do the opposite. Like, I'm not playing games, so officer, I did it. I was speeding. I was wrong. Yeah. I'm going to pay my fine. Thank you for what you do. I'm out. I, yeah, I own up to it, too, and yeah. then it it works. Uh, like, I had a cop similar to what you just said. He goes, yeah, I got you for speeding, but you slowed down real quick. And I said, well, I I saw you sitting there, so I, you know, I tried to slow down. And he just said, I appreciate your honesty. And then, yeah. But I, in, in, in Missouri recently, or I, maybe it was Arkansas, I don't remember, I was in the mountains, I got a little too jokey, I think, with the cops. You know, I was like, ah, I just was driving, I saw these beautiful mountains, and I just, my foot was a little heavy, and I just, I don't know what happened, and, and he, he gave me a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> but he said, <laughs> he said, now if you call this number, they'll probably, they'll, they'll drop it, and they won't put it on your insurance. Yeah. So I did that, but he gave me the ticket. Yeah, it's so weird. Like, 
I, I don't know if if you if you can handle it's just being mature. It's actually just being responsible for your own actions, which is supposed to be a normal thing. But I've always had the knee jerk of get out of it, get out of it, get. But the way to get out of it is to show respect and to be honest. Yeah, I fear the lie. I fear the lie, and I'm gonna lie, and then I'm gonna get caught, and then. And then, and then it's going to lead to worse things. And I'm like, let's just try to get out of this where we're at right yeah. now. I did get pulled over, and the cop told me that I was speeding like, like way. And I was like, I said, listen, I don't want to say that you're, you know, I said I was speeding, but I wasn't going that fast. I was yeah. like, I'm not trying to say that you're lying, but and and he was cool. I think he realized that he clocked somebody else. Yeah, I was like, I was not going that fast. I was speeding, but man. Yeah. Not that fast. I saw you over there. Right. All right. So here's one. But I just think that's interesting that you got fired a lot. Yeah. And it was always like. Um, I've never been fired from a job. Well, see, I, for all of high school, from when I was 14, I, I got sent to military school. Okay. So I lived in the military school. So when I came home, my mom worked for contractors and builders. So from when I was 15, I had a job working construction all the way through high school every summer. Okay. Right. So they, and, and it was short breaks too. So like my mom would be like, go get a job. And I'm like, I'm home for four days at Thanksgiving. Nobody's going to hire me. You, you know, you can figure, you can go do this. You can do it. Cause both my parents, they got divorced, but they, they both worked. Like I was a latchkey kid. Like nobody got home till seven. You know what I mean? Like every night. What's like, latchkey? I've heard that before. What's that mean? It, both your parents work. So you come home, the key's under the mat. Oh. You come home from school and you're on your own. For, I've heard that term before. Never knew what it meant. Yeah. I mean, like when I was 10. I don't, yeah. people don't do that anymore, but it was get off the bus and, you know, hey, I'm home and whatever. Yeah. Um. So I, I worked all that time. Well, when I got to college, I had a job at college that I never wanted to leave because I was afraid I'd lose it. But- when I did, like if I had to go home for the summer and get a job, I I already had money that I'd saved throughout the year. And I'd be like, so I'd get a job for two weeks and then just blow it up on purpose. Like I'm out. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, like even in high school, like I'd work for like a month in construction and then I'd be like, hey, mom, I'm going to start waiting tables at Chili's, whatever. And I'd get there long enough to get the shirt and the suspenders and then I would either not show up anymore, but still leave my house dressed like I was going to work. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I was a room service waiter one time at this hotel in Virginia. I worked there maybe three days, but for a month I left every morning in the jacket and the tie. And the wow. Thing. Yeah. You seem to be better at getting jobs than me. I can get them. I can't get jobs. That's why I don't <laughs> get fired or quit because yeah. I need it once I get it. All right. Well, what about the Greenbrier? You're from West Virginia, right? You ever yes. been to the Greenbrier? Yes. I did Beautiful. a gig there. Yeah, it's so nice. Did you really? Yeah, I bombed. Yeah, but it was uh, really nice. My family's from like 30 minutes away from there in a place called Raynell, West Virginia. Okay. So it's right down 64 from the White Sulphur Springs exit that you got off Oh, at yeah. For, yeah. Um, Lewisburg, I went there for Thanksgiving every year growing up. And then the Greenbrier, if it was a really special occasion, like my grandpa's birthday, we'd go there for dinner, but it was too expensive. That place is, now it's even really super expensive. But before that, uh, coal guy, that billionaire dude that, that bought it and took it over. Now there's a casino in there and oh, yeah. all that, but the, it had, it had a rough time when I was a lot younger. 
It was still okay. beautiful. I mean, it's gorgeous. It was popping when I went yeah. there. I mean, that casino was going. They had a DJ. It was me and Aaron Weber. It was only supposed to do 30 minutes. It was just supposed to be me. But Aaron was on the road with me doing some gigs already. So I was like, you do 10, I'll do 20. We'll split the money. Yeah. And uh, What a great guy you are, man. <laughs> yeah. I would never do that. I'd be like, I'm going in to do 30. You sit in the car. <laughs> well... So we told the DJ, we go, because because people are dancing. He's he's playing music. People are out on the dance floor. They're having a good time. And and he go, we go, hey, will you you know give him like a you know five ten minute warning? Let him know that you're going to do comedy. He goes, yeah, no problem. And then so when he goes to announce us, he just brings us right up. He definitely doesn't give the ten minutes. And so they're dancing, having a good time. And he's like, all right, let's get a little comedy in here. And then Aaron goes up for ten minutes, and he does okay for just. People be dancing and now having to stop. Aaron's hilarious too. Yeah, and yeah. he does okay. Yeah, and then I go up. I got twenty minutes, and we had been talking to people before the show. We had made friends, and 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 they were. I mean, they were not having it. Like they did not <laughs> enjoy what I was doing. I got laughs enough to not say I, I I didn't bomb, you know. But and then they escorted us right out of there. Apparently, some other comics had been there and caused trouble. So, of course. so you couldn't hang around after the gig. They escorted you right out of there. Did they you did, stay in the hotel? No, no. They we had to get our own hotel. Oh, okay. So we got escorted right out to our car. Yeah. After kind of bombing, and it was pretty embarrassing. Was the pay good? The pay was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It was worth it. Yeah. All right. So here's something. All right. So these are some uh, uh, pretty generic questions, but oh, oh, you know, I want I, I wanted to ask another question. But I don't feel like this is going to make sense based on what you did. But I just wanted to kind of be like, what was the feeling the day you quit the teaching job to become a comic? But I don't know that there was. There wasn't. No. It was just like, you know, when I think back, like I never thought things through. Yeah. Like I've never been one of the, and I'm envious of people that are like, I'm going to set a goal and I'm going to meet that goal. And then I've already, excuse me, I've already done everything that I ever dreamed of doing. Right. Like when I was sitting, but like in the beginning when I was sitting the punchline and sit on the, in the bar stool at the back and watch the comics, I believed people's credits. So they're like the MC tonight. You've seen him on the tonight show. You've seen him on David Letterman. I'm like, Oh my God, that guy. And he just does 10 minutes and he's got to be rich. (laughs) You know, I was like, if I ever got to that middle thing, I just coast the rest of my life. Yeah. Like that would be it. And, and it took a while for me to ask somebody like, what do they get paid? You know? And they're like, Oh, like, you know, $300 for the week. And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> that guy that was on the Tonight Show, they're like, he's not been on the Tonight Show. I'm like, oh, well, why do they say that? Because there's nothing to say about it. You know, like, there's nothing to. So then I was like, okay, well, if I feature, features are rich. And then I was like, if headline, if you're headlining, you're rich. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever been on TV, you're rich. Yeah. And you find out very quickly that that's not the case. Um, but I always thought, like, if I ever got a did a Comedy Central special, that would be like the end all be all if I could ever be in a Christmas movie I got to do that well we talked about this a little bit these kind of things so uh, so that would get into kind of a question um I say maybe this is the better like what's what's the most like the thing that you got that was at the time you felt like the biggest uh but that didn't really do what you hoped it would do. I mean, that's everything I've ever done. Okay. Dusty. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's every. Do you really want to go through all of them? I mean, it's, it's, okay. 
All right, let's say this. Uh, what was the first? The f- like, because I'll I'll say for me. I mean, there's many many things, but the first for me was doing Jimmy Kimmel. Right, I yeah. did that, and I was like, wow, I'm on TV now. Uh, this is going to be on the internet. I've been, I've done it. This is going to, this is going to, I thought at the very least, all the places I feature at right now, I'll be a headliner and all the places I headline, I'm going to sell out. Um, and that did not happen. Well, I'll tell you the, the one that I thought would like the comedy central special was the one I was most excited about. And it was so much fun, but I hosted a show on NBC that had 7 million people watch it during the summer and i honestly thought like well when this is over, i'm gonna sell out every place i go didn't happen that blue i did a blue collar next generation thing yep and and that and i thought that was going to it didn't because did, i think i have always thought that things were bigger than they actually are what was the show that you thought it was called great american road trip okay and yeah. it was families that we traveled all of route 66 and we stopped at um iconic places all along the way and they'd compete in these things and they were driving in RVs and the, the, the here's what hurt the show that a greatest race or whatever it was on TV this was a, actually a family show I was so excited because I was like this is something everybody can watch and it's a fan but the commercials made it look like it was a race oh so people are like all right there's seven families they're in rvs and they're going to race from chicago to santa monica and they have to stay on route 66 well that wasn't it at all there was no race it was just traveling with them and then we'd stop at like the arch in st louis and it was so much fun man and it was a good show it was great um i thought that was gonna be the thing that really and then after that everything the fishing show it did and all that i knew it wasn't yeah. You know what I mean? But you think like NBC and you're on the front of these magazines and shows to watch in People Magazine, America, Great American Road Trip, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you start buying the the hype. Of oh, it. yeah. And then it's like, eh, eh, you know. Well, I mean, the first real, I mean, the, the real first letdown for me, I won a, a local competition in Charleston, South Carolina. I won the stand-up comedy competition. And it was the first year I'd ever won. And I, I don't know what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. I thought there was going to be a parade or something. Like, I thought, this is it. I've yeah. done it. They're going to put this in the paper. <laughs> Everyone's going to see. Yeah. I got voted best local comic in Charleston. I was waiting tables, and I thought, this is going to be great. I'm going to go into work today. Everybody's going to know that I was just voted <laughs> best local comic. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be so great. <laughs> no one knew. No one read the paper. Not a single person said, hey, I read about you today. Yeah. And I was just like, I was just there waiting tables. Yep. I going back that far, like when I when I first like that th- that comedy school thing I was telling you about. Yeah. So the news in Atlanta covered it, and I was like, oh man, I'm gonna be on the Atlanta news. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is gonna be unbelievable. And I did this terrible. The joke, the joke was bad, but what what was worse was what they picked for the clip, and then they used it for the commercial of the news. And I was talking about like my car was Nissan Sentra and the headlights went in wrong directions. So like I'm trying to look out the window and pay attention to the road, but I'm staring into a tree and I was like acting like a squirrel. Like I was like had my hands up like a squirrel and I was like doing this stupid squirrel thing of like, why are the lights in my eyes? 
me acting that out with no words was what they used as the clip (sighs) for comedy (laughs) graduation. And my roommates were relentless, relentless. They're like, hey, why don't you go in the backyard and do your impressions for the squirrels in the trees? You know, and I'm like, shut up, dude. And then it would come on. It's like this terrible. But I thought, hey, I'm on TV. Yeah. I did Bill Maher's show, that politically incorrect show. Yeah. And I. I was so, it was such a weird, because Tia Carrera was sitting right across from me, who I had been in my hotel room watching in Wayne's World. and Oh, yes. You okay. know, I mean, yeah. she was so hot. Yeah. And the first entire segment went by, and I'm just looking at her, and they walk over, and they go, hey, man, hop in anytime. And I'm like, wait, what? What? And they're like, you didn't say anything. Like, I literally sat there the whole time. <laughs> and when I got home, my, my wife at the time's like, He's like, hey, what was with the Tia Carrera thing? You're like looking up her dress. You're like, it's perverted. <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't. She goes, I recorded it, jackass. And dude, for like five minutes, like I'm leaning. I'm like, <laughs> and she'd say something and I'd laugh. It wasn't even funny. It was like pathetic. You know, <laughs> like, and I just had all this stuff going through my head. I thought that was like, I always thought everything was. Oh, yeah. I'm an eternal optimist. Like, I always think like. The best, like, oh, this is gonna better. This is gonna, and I've learned to not go off the deep end. Yeah, you know what I mean. But well, it's a uh, a beautiful thing to have perspective and to go. You know what? Uh, and that that would lead me to another question, right? Like, what what is something that you've done that you felt good about? Like you you felt accomplished and great about whether people cared about it or not. Like, I'll say this, like we had talked about doing the Opry, right? And it's like, when I did that, I went home, like no, you know, no uh, comedy magazines were writing about it. It wasn't on the news. Uh, I didn't get a lot of calls from people, but I just felt good. I got to do the Grand Old Opry and I got to make those people laugh. I felt good. It didn't matter that it was gonna, it didn't, you know, it, it, it didn't matter if it led to anything or not. Yeah, it doesn't matter, but you did it. Right. And I'd have to say, like, I got lucky. I mean, touring with Cable Guy and all those guys, I mean, I got to do Radio City, and I got to do the Boston Garden and all these huge plays. We did a show in Nebraska for 60,000 people. Wow. What means the most was doing the Ryman. Oh, yeah. More than any place ever. And I, and it would mean more doing the for me doing the Opry. I've never done it. I would love to do the Opry, and I don't care if anybody else, yeah, paid attention to it. Is that what you were asking? Because like, well, it, I yeah, I mean, I, yeah, exactly. Just what's something that you've done that that you that you were like, this feels good to me, no matter what anybody. It was that. It was yeah. that, and I was getting out of a limo in the um, the alleyway behind the Ryman. My kid was in a stroller, so like, I get out, of, and my dad walked by and saw me getting out of a limo, putting my kid in a stroller. And going in that back because I'm a humongous country music fan. Yes. Like, I mean, just I could watch Coal Miner's Daughter just to sit and watch it and go, I got to walk in right there. Oh, I got yeah. to sign the book. I got, you know what I mean? So it didn't, it, it, did, it didn't further my career at all. But I tend to, I'm older now. Yeah. But I tend to look back at stuff like that and go, I did it. Yeah. I did, I got to do, you know, and, and, and I imagine my grandparents. Like, who used to love listening to the Opry. That's why I want to do it. Right. Because in my head, it's like fulfilling 
like a, I can imagine my grandparents listening and then I would be the one on it. And oh, I yeah. like to think that they're in heaven watching it anyway. But it, it just, uh, there's a spiritual thing about, I mean, dude, I would, if somebody asked me right now, if you could do anything, what would it be? I'd say go to perform at the Opry. I don't know why that you haven't done that. I think that that can, that, that can be done. I didn't, I haven't tried, I didn't even know, like when, when I heard you did it and Aaron Weber did it, and I was like, so people can do it. Like I never, I didn't know, I didn't know they had real comics on it. And now you've done the 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 thing that was at Zany's from the Opry, right? For the Circle yeah, Network. Yeah, I hosted a couple. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that should be an end right there. I mean because, yeah, I mean they're so great there. I didn't know that people could do it either, right? Like, yeah. uh, my man, I wanted to do it. My manager called me one day. I had a I had a different manager who who kind of made it seem like it would be impossible for me to do the Opry. Right. And then when I got my new manager, I didn't even ask her about it. And she called me one day and she goes, "All right, I got you. Uh, how's this sound? Uh, I got you on at the Opry on this date." And I was like, "Wow, that's amazing." I mean, I was so pumped. Yeah. I kept singing this as a, just a chorus of a David Allen Coe song where he's like, "I've seen the Grand Old Opry and I met Johnny, Johnny Cash." Johnny Cash. Yeah. If that ain't country. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, absolutely. I just I just kept singing that. Yeah. I was like, "This is so great." And, uh, yeah, I mean, I did the Ryman, uh, the Opry at the Ryman. Um, oh, cool. At the Dude, end how of, great is that place? It's so great. At the end of 2019, I did it. I was uh, standing backstage with Ricky Skaggs, just hanging out with him. And um, Rita Wilson was there, who's Tom Hanks' wife. And she was, she was a performer. So yeah. she was singing. And Tom Hanks was backstage at the Ryman. And so I got this. Rita, Rita Wilson sang at the Opry? Yeah. The actress? Yeah. Wow, I didn't even know she sang. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I didn't really know anything about her, but I, Tom Hanks was backstage. So I yeah. went to him, and because I have a joke where I say, a lot of times people say I look like Forrest Gump after he ran for a long time. And uh, <laughs> so uh, I went and I told him that. And I walked up to him and he goes, oh, I'm Tom. And I was like, all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I appreciate the humbleness, but yeah. I, I know who you are. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Save it, dude. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, so I told him that joke. And then the security guard later, because I, I told the joke on stage later just because. But he was gone. So I was like, oh, he's not going to see it. And then a security guard, the next time I was at the Ryman, told me, he said, yeah, he said, Tom was up in the rafters. He was laughing. He loved it. Oh, and, that's cool. And he could be lying, but I don't know why he would be. You know what I mean? Who cares? Just believe it and <laughs> yeah, enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Okay. So, um, all right. Here's, here's a question. And, uh, and maybe you answered this with your mom, but this is really the, the last question that I have, I think. Um, what... Um, Oh, I got two more. But anyway, what made you want to do comedy in the first place? Like, not like, what was it like to do it the first time, but what made you think, I should try comedy? Was it getting the job at the punchline? No. Um, I had daydreamed about it after I saw Eddie Murphy. Okay. I wanted to do what Eddie Murphy did. Okay. I, I just, when I was a kid, and you know how you hear people talk about listening to Richard Pryor albums and all that? Well, for my generation, for me... It was Eddie Murphy, Delirious, and then when Raw came out, I I never thought I would do it. I thought it'd be one of those things where I just never followed through, but I dreamt about, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I but I wanted to do that. It, Cause that was like he was like a rock star. And I loved making fun of stuff. And and I was fun I was funny, but I didn't know if I was funny because like if you're in a military school and you're willing to do something 
crazy. People are going to laugh. Like, I, I didn't know what my sense of humor would be at just flat out talking or acting it out or whatever. But I wanted to be Eddie Murphy. I used to do all the voices when I was a kid, you know, like from Delirious. Oh, yeah. And I, I memorized that album. And then I saw every movie he was ever. I mean, Coming to America and Beverly Hills Cop and 48 Hours and all this. I just thought he was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. The golden child was always dude. Lo- I, 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 I want the night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. I mean, it, like it was, it, he, he made me laugh. And then on, on Saturday, when he was on Saturday night live and I was a real little kid, I mean, he just made me laugh. Yeah. You know, like that real hard belly laugh. And you know, he had people doing stuff to each other. Norton and you know, Mr. T was Desi Arnaz. I mean, yeah, all these people doing terrible stuff, but the language to an 11 year old is head splitting funny. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say the words, but you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like yeah. the, and you're just like, Oh my God, like that can't be real. Like <laughs> you're, he's saying it. He doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not afraid to say it. I know I'd get my head smacked then if I said any of that stuff as a kid. So that, that really, and I loved making my mom laugh. Oh, yeah. Like I could, even in the hardest times, you know, divorce, growing up, and all, I could always make her laugh. And that just made me feel good. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's what I think uh, so much of it is. It's, it's like, for me, it's like uh, being in school. Like I didn't particularly like school, but I liked having a captive audience. Yeah. That I could just make people in, in school laugh in the classroom. Whenever I walked in on the first day and looked at the class, it would always be people. I would always see and I'd be like, I'm excited to make these people laugh. Yeah. Like certain people. I'm like, this is this is going to be cool because I'm going to be friends with these people by the time this class is over. Yeah. And it's great. And it's like when I graduated high school, there was no more of that. Like I didn't go to college. There was no more captive audience for me. Right. I was like, and I see for me, comedy never seemed attainable. I didn't even, it didn't even register in my head as something I could do. Like it just what I didn't think about comedy and then say, I can't do that. It just, it didn't even cross my mind that it was a thing people were doing. Yeah. But I, I remember early days, early two thousands watching. I was big into the blue collar. I remember seeing you, John Reap. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you have a comedy central presents, right? Uh-huh. Yes. Cause I remember seeing that Yeah, you and John Reap back in the day, I remember seeing, and just like comedy central presents used to be the best. You would just sit and watch a half hour and then another half hour yeah. would come and then another half hour. And I was like, this is the best. Yeah. It was a bit that you had, uh, about, uh, using, I don't know, it was soap or using the yeah. shampoo as soap. Being married. <laughs> yeah. And I finally got soap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was great. And I listened to your dry bar today and I thought it was really funny. Sorry. Well, I did. Thank you. I, I mean, I, I enjoy uh, all the jokes about math and science and stuff like that because I don't know. I'm not that into, uh, never was that into things. Uh, you know, I was into, uh, I've, I almost failed anatomy and uh, I, would, I would study with a girl who had, you know, giant breast. And yeah. uh, it was interesting that that was my anatomy class. And I, <laughs> I was far too busy studying those. You yeah, know? and uh, you can't do anything. Yeah, if you if you're yeah, it doesn't matter. That never goes away. Right, like it still lingers in your head. Like I can't really talk to you the same. Like we're not. You know what I mean? If some girl has, we we act different. And I'm I'm married. A- I've never cheated on 
a girlfriend even. I wasn't one of those guys that like cheated on. If I had a girlfriend, I like that was it. That's right. all I. Yeah. But I still, and even knowing I wouldn't cheat on my wife, I still, if some woman has big boot, you can't help but be it's like, it's hard. You're just different, you, <laughs> and you say dumb shit. You know, like, well, yeah, you know, when we went, yeah. And it's like, well, I never talk like that. Like, I can always <laughs> at least enunciate a word or, you know, it just, we, we're, it's like a power. Yeah. Yeah. What? All right. This this would be the last one. And this is not, um, I I like these. I had, I did a, I had a, several people, uh, one podcast, I had people email me bombing stories. And I had a, a comic from Nashville, Mike James, come on and tell me about bombing. And I love bombing stories, and I think they're fun. I have them. Uh, I just wonder if you have one in particular, or maybe you didn't bomb, but was just a bad gig. I mean, is there one in particular that sticks out that you that you like? Well, um, yeah, I can tell you when I got my ass handed to me the first time. Like, I didn't, I didn't know. So I had only at the time because I was only going up at the punchline, and this is in the '90s. I mean, 300 people every night sold out and the comics were like brian regan you know it was all people who sold a lot of tickets and richard jenny and you know it was guys like that jeff so, foxworthy was there a lot uh-huh. yeah james then, gregory james gregory was there all the time yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um and so it was always packed so i'd only been up in front of like 300 people then after that i got to i worked with brian regan at charlie goodnights and he kind of was so sweet, man, because when he started doing stand-up, he worked in the kitchen at a comedy club in Florida. So he'd always come in the back and tip me and let me do stage time. And just the sweetest. Took all my friends out on the first week that I was at Charlie Goodnight's. Like eight of my friends from college came out, and I sucked. And he took us all out, paid for all of our drinks the whole night, and then Waffle House. Like wow, the coolest, because none of us had a penny to our name. So I had only like done shows like that, right? So I go down, there used to be a comedy house theater, that's what they called them, but it was in a, in a Holiday Inn right off 75 uh, in Ocala, Florida. Okay. So I'm going to be there for two weeks. You're there Wednesday through Sunday. You had to pay for your own hotel room to stay there Monday and Tuesday, then stay Wednesday, and you only got like $200 a week. Right? Wow. So they ended up taking 100 of it back from me anyway. And then you had to eat, but all the food didn't have salt because there's a lot of old people that lived there. Anyway, it was a mess. So I show up, I drive down from Atlanta and I walk in and I'm, you know, yeah, man. You know? <laughs> and I go, I go walking into the lounge and I'm looking around and I, I go walking in and there's like a bar set up and then there's like some tables or whatever over here. And I'm like, so uh, where's the comedy club? And the guy's like, you're in it. And I was like, what? And he goes, you're in it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And these two guys, Kurt Noland and I can't remember, something Brewer, the other guy, were sitting in the corner. And I'm like, no, seriously, like, where's the, where's the club? And they're like, this is the club. And there was two people sitting in there. They were probably 80, 90 years old, a couple, an older elderly couple. And they were sitting there eating popcorn, having a drink. So I walk over to the side and I'm like, you guys, this isn't the comedy club. Is it? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, the show starts in like five or 10 minutes. There's nobody in here. And they're like, yeah, I mean, that's the way this place is sometimes. I'm like, well, I'm not doing this. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you are, dude. Yeah, and I go, no, I'm not. And I walk over, and the the manager was there, and I go, hey, man, uh, why don't we hold until the rest of the crowd gets here? I didn't know what I'm yeah, doing. And he's yeah. like, he's like, why don't you get ready to go on stage? We're gonna. I'm like, there's two people here, and he's like, yeah, 
we're doing the show and I'm about to bring you up. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I don't want to do this. He's like, it doesn't matter what you want to do. You're going up there. So all the lights go off and then these different colored like strobe light things like, and they're like, done, 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 done. It's like, are you ready to rumble? <laughs> and I hear this man go, turn the lights back on. And they're like, are you ready for your first comedian of this evening? And the guy's like, I don't understand what's going on. And, I, and, I, and he's like, please welcome to the stage your host and MC. He didn't know my name. And it just stops. And, he, and, and I didn't go anywhere. I'm just looking at him. And he's like, go. And I'm like, no. And he's like, go up there. And I'm like, no, I don't want to. And he's like, go up there or I'm not paying you. I'm like, fine. So I walk up on stage, I grab the mic, and I'm being an ass. I'm like, hey, how's everybody doing tonight? And I'm just being a jerk. And the guy's like, I don't understand why the lights are turned off. And I'm like, it's a comedy club. And he's like, we just want to have a drink. And I go, <laughs> I go, how about this? Are you ready for your feature act? <laughs> and he's like, what? And I go, let's bring him up. I didn't do any time. I didn't do any. And the guy in the back is like, F you. And I'm like, let's bring him up. Are you excited? And this old man is like, I just want to leave, you know, and they're getting up. And I'm like, here he comes. And I bring him up. And the guy's yelling at me. And I'm yelling at him. And these people don't understand what's going on. I walk over and the, and the manager's like, you didn't do any time. And I'm like, I'm not doing time for two people. He's like, listen, when you work for me, you're going to do the time. And you're going to, you know, and I'm like, there's two people that don't even want to be here. They don't even know whether, so it was a valuable lesson because I thought every place held 300 people was sold out every night and here's the whole thing. And these other two guys went up and actually did shows, professional shows for two people. Yeah. You know, and it kind of made me like, wow, I'm really going to have to, this isn't all hanging out at the punchline, doing shots and hot waitresses and you know, all that stuff. Yeah. It's a legit thing. That's amazing because I I started comedy in Charleston and it was uh, no no comedy club at all bar shows theater shows we did improv we were artsy we were hipsters we were like you know all like we did our jokes of references and cultural references and people got it and they laughed and we were like smart hilarious comedians yeah and then I started working the road now the first place I ever featured was the Comedy Zone in Charlotte great club sold out Josh yeah. Blue. I featured for Josh Blue. I had uh, 30 minutes a night smashing it. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be the best. Yeah. And then the next feature weekend I had was in Johnson City, Tennessee at the Holiday Inn Comedy Oh, God, Zone. yeah. And I, that first show, I don't think I got a single laugh. And I had never, <laughs> that had never happened to me. And I was like, I didn't know what I was going to do after that weekend. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is different. How do I, what am I going to do? Yeah. I mean, that's like, that was my best jokes. I've won contests with those jokes. I've been voted best local comic with Don't those jokes. Don't you people jokes. know who you're dealing with here? <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Did you ever do, there used to be a comedy zone in Knoxville, and there was a Holiday Inn that set up as soon as you come into town off 75. I invited my whole family. I had a bunch of family that lived in Kingsport, Tennessee, and they drove over to see the show, right? Well, that afternoon, the bartender had got caught drinking and got pissed off and locked up the mic and everything in like this case and no one could get to it. So my whole family, they bring their friends from Kingsport. There's like 12 of them that are all sitting there coming to see me. I'm just emceeing. I'm doing 10 minutes. They, there's no mic. 
And they're like, all right, are you ready? And ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, no mic. You know, and I go out and I'm like, hey, how's everybody doing? And people are like, what? And I'm like, hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I got my family here with the thing. And anytime you invite family, something horrific's going to happen. That's the worst. So I'm like five minutes in, the bartender, they called him and yelled at him and said they were going to call the police saying he stole it if he didn't come get it out. So five minutes in. The guy comes in and start, and he's right behind me, unlocking this thing, and he's drunk, and he's trying to pull the mic out, and I'm just standing there like, are you, are you kidding me? Finally, he gets it all out, and that was the end of my time, and I'm like, all right. So then I start trying to do, I only had 10 minutes of material, so I was trying to sneak some more of it in, so I started over, thinking, well, now I have a mic, they can hear me. Well, half of them could hear me. So then they start yelling, we've already heard that. We heard you the first time. I mean, it was just a disaster. <sighs> so I bring out the, you know, and then I just had to sit back there for an hour and a half watching everyone die laughing at the rest of the comedians with a microphone and my aunt's just looking at me like, I'm sorry. And your mom's like, this is the fun thing yeah. you chose to do. Yeah. <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> I meant your favorite thing, like maybe operating on somebody <sighs> or, yeah. Dang. Well, this has been great. Dude, I love it. I love talking to you. It's fun. Yeah, this is awesome. Well, um, I, don't, I don't have any other questions. Um, and um, we've done an hour and 20 minutes. Um, so where can people find you to go see your shows and your social media and whatnot? Uh, Facebook, um, Twitter. I, you know, I kind of do Twitter a little bit. I'm trying to. I kind of do, too. I get it. I'm trying to. Um, mostly Facebook or, um, or just call me. Okay. 615. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Reno so Collier. Easier. Yeah. Reno Collier. C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And just shoot me a message or whatever. If you, I'm going to be in uh, Lexington the week after next. And then I'm doing some Bob and Tom shows with this guy, Pat Godwin up in Indiana. Okay. Um, I think I've met Pat before. I did Bob and Tom a couple of times. I'm on there every Monday. Oh, okay. And it's, uh, just for like 20 minutes. It's fun, man something to do yeah i've been on there a couple of times and i think i met pat play songs he does yeah, yeah i met him yeah and then he messaged me the other day on twitter about i guess about being on the larry the cable guy thing and uh and i think i don't know if he remembered me from bob and tom or not based on the message it seems like he did not but it doesn't matter i'm not mad at it yeah what did he message you just something like i heard you uh heard you on larry the cable guy show uh, great job or whatever. I don't know. Uh, something about it made me believe that. Let's see. It made me believe that he did not remember meeting me. But we'll read it out. And maybe because sometimes, you know, I just, I don't know. He said, uh, oh, no, it wasn't that one. He said, I just heard you on Jimmy Pardo's podcast. Very funny. Oh, he loves Jimmy Pardo. I, I don't know how you can't love Jimmy Pardo's hysterical. He is hysterical. And I got, I was in L.A. I got to do the podcast and, uh, it was a lot of fun. He's a fun guy. He used to host this game show, and they'd have comics on, and we'd come out, and then you, depending on laugh meters or whatever, somebody would win a trip. So the first part of the episode, I won this lady like a, a trip to Costa Rica, and then they go on like the grand thing or whatever, and then I won this other lady like this trip to London or something. And they're coming back, and both people won. And in between, while they're filming it, they're like, hey, Reno Collier. And everyone starts cheering at you. And right before they cut back, Pardo goes, got to be honest, Collier. Didn't expect this much out of you. <laughs> and for some reason, I started laughing. And he's like, welcome back, everybody. You know, he has yeah. that, like, game show-y kind of. And I got so tickled that, like, I couldn't 
I had to try to tell more jokes, but there was something he caught me right at the right, right before it came back on. You know, I gotta be honest, Collier didn't expect that much out of you. <laughs> All right, welcome back. And it just, you know, something will get yeah. you. And it just, he kills me. Yeah, he's great. And he took uh, Hannah. Hannah used to go feature for him a lot. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. They worked together, I think, in Indianapolis. And then, uh, yeah, such a funny guy. Yeah, he's funny. So you have a website, though. Yeah, renocollier.net. I feel like I went to a renocollier.net today and it was like a sports. No, yes. It was a boxing. Yeah. Some ass face in China. My renocollier.com slipped. For a second. I mean, like, you know, it's supposed to renew. Yeah. Well, the, the for some reason, the money didn't come out of my account. It flipped, and somebody bought it. And then we tried to get it back, and they're like five grand or something. Oh. And I'm like, no. I'm like, I'll just go to .net, which is irritating in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. It's like when Elaine got the new um, area code. You oh know, yeah! Like you're a seven two seven. Where's that? What's that? And that's yeah. how .net is like. Well, that's what I thought. I thought, well, I didn't know he was that into boxing. I didn't know you Not were that into all. sports. I was like, why are you really like pushing the sports here? <laughs> <laughs> you don't put your show dates up. Yeah. There's a bunch of news about bo- fighters. Yeah, and they won't give it back. Apparently, Jeff Allen uh, in town. I don't. Do you know Jeff Allen? Yeah, I know him, but well, not apparently really. his website is. Uh, if you go to jeffallen.com, apparently, at least it used to be like a porn site. <laughs> and the Jeff's, you know, a Christian comic. He's like the cleanest comic. <laughs> yeah. That he's hilarious. Yeah, so it had to. He had to put jeffallencomedy.com, and he has to tell people, don't go to Jeff Allen. Jeff Allen. <laughs> 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 at least mine's just boxing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, my, I had a problem. My website's DustySlay.com, and I had a problem with it when I was first getting it loaded, and I called the lady at GoDaddy, and she was like, all right, just uh, so it's DustySlay.com, and I was like, oh, no. I was no. like, it's not that kind of <laughs> yeah. site. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, this is great. Well, I appreciate Dude, you I, coming in. Are you kidding me? I loved it. Uh, and now that uh, if I ever move to McMinnville and build you're, a studio, we'll just host a podcast together. I would love it. Yeah. You'd be right down the street. Yeah. All right. Cool. Absolutely, man. All right. Thanks for doing this. Dude, of course.